0: Uh, I want to say thanks to Noah. My son is helping us out with some of the video and some of the backdrop stuff here that we're trying to use to make this a little easier to watch. I want to thank Carrie, uh, Troy's wife. Carrie McDonald is running slides so we could have some words on the screen for worship. Um, Gary Boydston is running sound and mixing that piece for us. Uh, And then, of course, you saw the other folks that are here, Heidi, uh, Jim, Will, and uh, Troy, all keeping appropriate social distancing. It's nice to have a... A giant room like this, where we can, you know, kind of spread out and make sure we're keeping our our, our distance and staying uh, safe in that. Um. We, uh, we're in a series before this uh, kind of snuck up on us, and we're going to return to that series, but the last couple weeks, and this week included, uh, we are talking about, and we're calling the series Fear Not, and it's Finding Peace in an Anxious World. Sounds like a, sounds like a really uh, tall order. Sounds like almost a pipe dream, really, because finding peace in an anxious world uh, sounds hard enough when things are normal, when things are fine, when we're just dealing with everyday life, but especially right now now with the kinds of things we're facing in our world, it's, it really does sound a little bit crazy because the situation indeed is not easy. Uh, it could be very grave in parts of the country and in many parts of the world, things are very serious. And so the unknowns are a part of what drives anxiety. There's things that we just don't know about. And so anxiety gets to really sky high levels. The impact of what happens, as you know, just from living life in this, the impact are are astronomical. And so I have had several scriptures that I've just been trying to dig into and reflect on and and allow them to penetrate my heart because the truth of these scriptures, I believe, are gonna lead me towards a path that's different than kind of my natural anxiety, worry state. And one of the scriptures is 1 Peter 5, verse seven. It's a short one. It reads this, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I've been praying this scripture since November. In fact, it's through the One Minute Pause app that we're encouraging you to check out. That's a part of the prayer where we give all our worries, all our cares to God because he cares for us. And so I've been praying this one for months and months. And and I think it's a appropriate all the time, but especially right now, because this morning, I wanna talk about anxiety and what anxiety can do. And, and by the way, I wanna be really clear about this. Um, this morning's message, this is not a pep talk on how to manage stress better so that your life is more pleasant. That's not at all what this is about. Uh, and, and if you know me at all, you've gotta know that this is not gonna be some sort of talk to try to you know get people to knock it off or feel bad so they'll stop you know being so anxious. Like we don't do that around here. We don't use shame. We don't use shoulds. Um, so if you wrestle with anxiety and it's something that you worry, like you worry big time, hopefully after this talk this morning, you're not going to feel deficient. You're not going to feel defective uh, after hearing this message. Uh, there is no shame here. That's not how we roll. Um, because I, here's the deal whether you're somebody that really struggles with anxiety or if you're somebody who, you know, it's not that big of a deal for you. Um, I don't know anyone who wants to be more anxious, right? Anxiety is no fun. And if we were all in the room here together, I'd be saying, can I get an amen, right? Anxiety is no fun. And God knows this. And he didn't intend for our lives to be ruled by anxiety. See, this great big God that we love, that we serve, this Abba Father, who's a good father, he he wants us to be freed from anxiety, He never wants us to live in fear. He knows, God knows, because he created us, that when humans live in anxiety and fear, it's no good for us. In fact, anxiety is so uh, toxic physically and spiritually and emotionally that all through scripture, the command is found to not be afraid, right? All through scripture, the most frequently repeated command is fear not, It's repeated more than any other thing that is instructed to us in scripture. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason fear not is in there so often. And I think part of the reason is that anxiety cuts us off from the peace of God and experiencing the peace of God like nothing else can. Anxiety can really drive us to places. Here's a short list of some of the things that happen when we are filled with anxiety. Anxiety Robs me of joy. It robs me of joy. Um, When I'm anxious, it's really hard to be joyful. Anxiety makes me more self-preoccupied and less attentive or or loving towards other people because I'm just absorbed with me. Here's another one. Uh, anxiety makes temptations look even more attractive because I'm so anxious. I want to do anything I can to, just, to try to escape this inner pain. Uh, and so a lot of times that's where our addictions come in. We're feeling anxiety. We're feeling stress and it's really hard and we want to get out of that. And so we move into anxious behavior. We move into addictive behaviors. In fact, there's a There's a a study, an article that I just got from a a psychologist named Jay Stringer. Uh, A group of us guys are reading his book. And and he says that the use of porn goes up exponentially during crises like this. So not only do we have all the other things going on, we have the kind of use of porn that that drives people to more damaging behavior, to more isolation from the people around them uh, because temptation looks more attractive when we're filled with anxiety anxiety. Anxiety, another thing is that it it erodes my ability to feel grateful. When I'm anxious, it's very difficult to be grateful for anything, which is part of why a response to anxiety that actually can help to shift us, both in our spirit and even psychologically, is to move into gratitude. We move into things that help us to be grateful, right? Um, Here's what I know about me. You could check with uh, Heidi and Noah because they live with me. Uh, Anxiety increases my irritability. You could ask our staff team that as well, right? Anxiety increases my irritability. Um, Another thing it does is it it destroys my appetite for growth because again, I'm so consumed by anxiety that trying to grow is just outside of anything that seems realistic. You know, anxiety also poisons our relationships. Um, It poisons our relationships with each other, uh, as a church, uh, with our community, um, because when I'm anxious, my focus is on me and I can't really love you or serve or help you because I'm just consumed by my own anxiety. And maybe the most difficult one of all of these is this last one. Anxiety paralyzes my ability to really trust God, And that's a part of why, those are just some of the reasons why God so often says, do not be afraid, fear not. Now, Anxiety is the direct opposite of what we experience when we're actually living in this peace of God that we've been talking about that God offers to us. Like the Bible invites us to be free of this life-sucking anxiety. And here's just a few verses that I've been reflecting on. Uh, last week, we looked at this one. This is, my, this is my favorite. It's Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Do not be anxious about anything, But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love this verse. I love this verse. I've just been wondering and praying through and asking God to show me more of what it means to live in this truth Uh, Here's another one from from Psalm chapter four. The psalmist says, I will lie down and sleep in peace. How many of you could use some of that? Yeah, me too. (laughs) I'll lie down, I'll sleep in peace for you alone, O Lord, you alone (laughs) make me to dwell in safety. God, you're the one that makes me safe. And another uh, from John chapter 14, this is verse 27. Jesus is actually giving his final teaching to his disciples. And he, this is one of the things he says to his disciples. He says, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So peace actually, according to this verse, is given to us by Jesus. Like it's already there. We don't have to go earn it or attain it. Jesus gave us his perfect peace. It's available. Like if if you're around here, you know that we believe what the Bible says and it's in the book, right? So it's really good news that it's available, but let's also be really honest, guys. Rarely do most of us, myself included, rarely do most of us live actually in that peace of God. I don't think anybody gets it right 100% of the time, but more of the time. My friend Dallas Demitt taught me that phrase a number of years ago. Maybe more of the time. We're not shooting for all the time, but what if just a little bit more, more of the time? And in this case, more of the time, I could learn to live in Peace which would be really helpful because we live in this world where anxiety runs so rampant that we don't even realize like how we carry anxiety in our bodies. Like we are carrying a lot right now with the with the virus and people losing jobs and worrying about their parents or their grandparents or their kids or... Uh, there's so much going on. Fear is running rampant and we just carry it within us. In fact, I just wanna pause and do something here and I'll explain it in a moment. Just play along at home here. Um, I want us just to take a deep breath, like just take a really deep breath, just and then just let it out. Now, People use these breathing techniques that are of of any persuasion, Christian or not, uh, because neurologically and physiologically it's helpful. But you can actually make these things expand beyond that and make it spiritually helpful. Because when we breathe out, it can be a way of us praying to God and saying, "God, I give you all the tension, all the stuff we're carrying, all the weight of it. I want to give it to you." Right and This is important to do at this because anybody can breathe. But if we use this in a way that gives God what we are carrying around, um, that really makes it more powerful, it goes deeper. So let's just, again, you can play along from a home. We're gonna breathe in just for a moment. Um, And then when we breathe out, we're gonna take the stuff that we're grasping and anxious about and then breathe out, release it to God. It might even help to use your hands because we're gripping stuff really tight, right? So breathe in, all that anxiety now, just release, release it back to God. Again, this is just one way to pray in a way that is very easy, very effective, very helpful. And it's more than just a self-help technique that reduces stress. This actually moves us toward, when we give this stuff to God, when we cast our cares on him, it moves us towards the experience of peace. And John Ortberg says, peace, biblical peace. It's the settled conviction that goes right down to the core of your being, to your gut, that all things are in God's hands. They're all in his hands. And therefore all will be well. The peace is the settled conviction to the core of your being that ultimately it's all in God's hands and therefore all things will be well and therefore you and I can live free from the burden of worry and fear. I mean, could you imagine if we have cultivated that up to now, how that would be helpful in this season, but here's what's awesome about God and about Jesus and about following Jesus, it's never too late. Even in the middle of a storm, while it might be harder to get to that place of peace, we can still accept his offer and begin to move toward the peace that he offers to us. And more of the time, we could actually learn to live free of anxiety and of fear. Paul said it this way in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts right? The peace of Christ. And, and, and just stop on that phrase right there. We live in a world where peace does not rule in many hearts, does it? We live in a world like that. Let the, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Like that's your calling to peace, right? And then it says, and be thankful. Now we could spend a lot of time unpacking this and maybe in another week we will. But the question at this point that I have is, how are you doing? This is a little self-assessment here at home. And husbands and wives and family members, you don't get to pick on each other. This is just for you. You don't get to elbow your spouse. This is just your own reflection. Don't try to score your spouse or your roommate or whoever you're there with. This is just for you. We're going to have a little quiz, a little assessment. In fact, you might want to pull out a pen and paper. Um, There's just going to be seven questions. You're going to write down numbers that you'll add up. And and this is can be a little worry assessment, okay? So this is adapted from a Harvard researcher named Ed Halliwell. And I'll ask you several questions and you can kind of answer here. And it's a scale of one to um, three. One to zero. Let's make it zero to three is the scale, okay? Um, Zero means, nah, that's never. So there's zero. Um, One would be, okay, sometimes. Two would be, well, often that's true of me. And three would be, yeah, almost every day, right? So question number one, do you wish you worried less? Right, Is it a zero, not at all, all the way up to three almost every day? Give yourself a score on that one. Uh, second question, do worries sometimes pop into your mind and take over your thinking like annoying little gnats? Does that happen in your mind? Again, a zero, one, two, or a three. Um, question number three, do you find compliments? Now, this is the Harvard guy's question, okay? Do you find compliments and or reassurance hard to take? So zero, not at all. One, two, three would be uh, almost every day, okay? Uh, question number four. Are you more concerned that, that, than you wish you were with what the people around you think of you, with what others think of you? You're more concerned than that? Like, I wish I wasn't so concerned about that. Is that not true at all? That'd be a zero or yeah, yeah, lots would be a three or somewhere in between there. Um, question number five. Question number five. Um, here's a fun one. <clears throat> this was a little revealing for me. How much do you procrastinate? He says that procrastination is often a sign for, of worry. And how often do you procrastinate? Zero, one, two, or three. Um, question number six, and again, answer these quick, right? <laughs> number six, do you avoid Confrontation. Again, another sign of worry, avoiding confrontation. Zero, one, two, or a three. This next one's... uh Kind of the last big question. It's a, it's a little abstract. I'm trying to word it in a simple way, so hang with me here. Um, but here's question number seven. Do you ever feel compelled to worry that a certain bad thing might happen? Like you know, a business deal falling through or your child not getting picked for the team or or your financial situation collapsing. Do you do you feel compelled to that you need to worry about this certain bad thing almost out of a superstitious feeling? right? That if you don't worry about it, then the bad thing will happen. or But if you do worry about it, then your worrying might actually prevent the negative outcomes. So I just got to worry more, right? Is that clear? And, and by the way, I'm speaking from experience here. Um, um, so zero, no, that never happens. I never worry about something. Or three, yeah, yep, I get that. I totally get that. I totally do that. Zero, one, two, or three. And And then the last question here on our worry assessment, um, are you worried about what your score will be on this quiz? Thank you, I got one laugh from Jim. One laugh from Jim, thank you, Jim. Uh, Just kidding, that's not even a real question. Um, There you go, so just go ahead and total it up. So we'll give you a second. Some of you math whizzes just, just totaled this as you were going, right? Now, some of you, some of you I know are gonna be very disappointed because I'm not going to give you diagnostic categories based on your total score. Uh, what you can do with your total score is just keep it to yourself and draw your own conclusions. Um, and again, husbands and wives, or don't, don't be elbowing somebody or quoting Bible verses at them. Just worry about yourself. I wish I had that video. Worry about yourself. Just worry about you on this one, okay? Just on you. Because most of us, I think, myself included, for sure, when I look at my total score on this worry scale by the Harvard professor, uh, I notice that I have some room for growth when it comes to doing that scripture uh, that we have here, let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. Like, I don't, I have some room to grow, right? And and, and I don't, like, I don't feel guilty about it, okay? Some of us are gonna feel guilty. That's not the intent here. Um, what it actually can do is draw us towards wanting to be hungry for that kind of peace. Like, oh, that's available. I don't have that. Boy, I would love to grow and be formed to live more of the time in that kind of peace. See, Proverbs twelve twenty five um, says, "An anxious heart weighs a man down." Anxious, and it does, doesn't it? Doesn't anxiety just weigh us down? It does but we don't have to live that way. Now, I wanna make a quick distinction and there's two things that I wanna talk about in the time that we have left here that I'm gonna try to get through. Um, It's really important, this first distinction. When we think about anxiety, I wanna notice that, that there's a difference between alarm and anxiety. There's a difference. Alarm is one thing. Anxiety is another. There's a distinction. See, alarm, when we feel alarm, it's this strong initial feeling of unpleasantness or concern. It's an alert that something is wrong. So an alarm is designed to prompt us to take action, right? Um, Here is an alarm clock right here. That's what kind of clock that we call this. This is the clock that's supposed to wake you up when you're sleeping, uh, when, it, when, when it's time to wake up, right? The alarm goes off. The day has begun. Um, I, I've always thought, you know, it's, it's not really an optimistic name for something that we use to start our day, though, is it? Like an alarm clock? Uh, I, I heard one guy say, it'd be really nice if they called these, you know, opportunity clocks or, or the daily resurrection clock. But uh, we don't. We don't call it that. It's, it's an alarm clock. But the alarm has a purpose. When the bells go off or the buzz goes off, it's supposed to wake us up. And once you're awake, what's the first thing you're supposed to do to the alarm clock? Not snooze. You could. You could. Either way, you turn it off, right? You turn it off. When you wake up, you turn off the alarm because the alarm has served its purpose. That's supposed to be the first thing that we do. Now, imagine if a buzzer went off and you woke up but you never turned it off. And that sound just kept going on day, all day long. Like you took a shower and the sound kept going on and, and you had breakfast and that sound kept going on and you got in the car and you were driving around all day and the sound kept going on all day while you were at work. The sound just kept going on and on and on. You went home, you had dinner with your family and, and that sound of the alarm just kept going and kept going. You went to try to talk to your spouse later. You wanted to have a really nice conversation and conversation, but that sound just kept going on. Or you stay at home and, and listen to a message from church, um, but that sound just kept going on and on and on. Wouldn't that just get irritating after a while? That would be totally irritating. Now, here's what's really odd about that. And maybe sometimes sad. That is exactly how people who live with anxiety often feel. In fact, for some people, uh, anxiety itself is more painful. And part of what's sad is, is that if we let it go on long enough, after a while, we start to think that this is normal. This is normal. Like we live in a world where we think that anxiety is normal. But like the proverb said, anxiety weighs us down. It weighs us down. So it's really important that we have to discern between alarm and anxiety. So when the alarm comes, Wake up, pay attention. Don't ignore or sleep through it. We had this danger that has come to us with the virus and these other things around us. We're supposed to wake up to pay attention, to take some action because there is real danger. But the problem is once the alarm goes off, we're supposed to notice what we need to notice and turn off the alarm. We got to turn it off because if we don't, It builds and builds and builds and goes on in the background and it becomes toxic anxiety. Real practical for some of us would be don't keep checking the news over and over and over. Just don't do it. Like let yourself check the news once a day, twice a day, set a time for it. Don't keep going back to it every chance you have looking for more stuff to keep the alarm going and going and going. See, because these anxious thoughts, uh, the alarm that just keeps going all day long, they keep repeating themselves. These anxious thoughts are self-defeating. They're persistent. They keep recycling in our mind over and over and over. And instead of prompting us to take actual helpful action, they become this spiral that actually paralyzes us, that traps us into inaction, isolation, and fear. Now, the psychological t- uh, term for this is rumination. Rumination, it's this chain of negative thoughts that just don't stop. So let's, let's take it off the virus for a minute here. Um, let's say you're worried about finances, for instance. Here's what rumination would sound like and how the chain would go, okay? Uh, wow, things are not going well financially. Th- this crisis is wrecking everything. The market's probably never gonna turn around I will never have enough for retirement. I'm not even saving properly right now. Uh, You know, I've never been good with money. I don't understand money very well at all. And I haven't been giving like I should. And so I can't expect God to bless me. (sighs) I mean, I got to do something to make me feel better. I guess I'll go buy something expensive. (laughs) And we ruminate. And then sometimes the action we do take actually makes it worse because we either get paralyzed or we do an escapist thing, right? We move to something it actually isn't helpful. We'll just make it worse. And that's like living with the alarm clock going off all day long because that's how anxiety grips us and weighs us down. And here's it's really important that we realize that that God never calls anyone to live in anxiety never does he call us to live that way. Uh, God himself never lives in it. There's nowhere in the Bible that says, and then the Lord was anxious. Um, So the good news is God himself, he never experiences anxiety. And the beauty is he invites us and he calls us to live free from anxiety because it really is possible more of the time to live in peace. Now, Just a quick side here. Sometimes the Holy Spirit does use the alarm uh, to sound us and prompt us to concern, um, to conviction, to repentance. Um, Sometimes the alarm goes off for us to mourn or be in sorrow. But always, always, always when the Holy Spirit prompts something that feels like alarm or concern or even worry, It moves us towards the right path. It moves us towards being empowered to walk in the kingdom way of life, to walk in life, not death. Always, when the Holy Spirit does that, it's always in the direction of life. But anxiety moves us away from life, away from the kingdom, towards death, towards isolation, towards more and more fear ruling our lives. That's always how it works. That's always how it works. And people who learn to live in peace learn to discern the difference between alarm, which you shut off once the notice has been sent, and then you take action if you need to, and people get real serious about turning off the alarm, and this takes intentional practice, and again, the the Tuesday night. Um, group, the, the online class that Rena and Heidi are going to be leading that starts this week on Tuesday, uh, there are some things that we'll do in there that are going to be practices that help us to turn off the alarm, to zone in, to tune into God's voice of, of peace and of love, which will quiet some of these anxious voices. And I think I am going to have to save this the rest of this for, um, well, what do you think? Should we do a home tonight? Yeah. You know what, here's what we're gonna do. I, I am conscious that it is harder to watch online and pay attention, uh, those of you that are, that are still left. Um, there's more stuff that I have that I think that would be helpful for some of us. So here's what we're gonna do uh, tonight. Um, we're gonna talk about a real practical, very simple way of, of what, you guys can come, of what to do with some of the anxiety we feel. What does it mean to actually, as the first verse said, cast our anxieties onto the Lord for he cares for us. And and it's, it's, it involves bowling. It involves uh, your inbox or God's inbox. Um, and so what we're gonna do tonight, six o'clock, My wife is so nice about playing along. Um, We're gonna do right here on the Hope Covenant Facebook page. um, You can join us again. We'll be at our house in our living room, just with our phone. And we're gonna do uh, a little more talk about how um, anxiety can really deceive us because sometimes we think that if I worry more about this thing, it's gonna help me control the world and protect my kids. And that's an illusion, It's an illusion that if we worry more, or if we're uptight and fearful and anxious, that it's just going to help us protect everyone. Because in the end, it doesn't do that at all. It's an illusion. And that's not what we're supposed to do with our anxieties and fears. Again, Jesus made himself to be available to us to let us cast our anxiety on him. So tonight at six o'clock, we won't take too much time, um, but we'll go through a few more things. And we'll actually have some chance there uh, in case you wanna chat in with some questions that we can answer real time, or maybe some of you will have some things to add to that. So six o'clock, Facebook Live, through the Hope Covenant page, we'll be at our house, and, um, and that's what we'll do. Uh, here's how I want to wrap up. Um, some of you might know that at the end of every message, uh, one of my mentors years and years ago said, It doesn't matter what you're talking about. The question that you ask as you're preparing the end of a message is, Jesus, how do you want to minister to the hearts of your people? After all this message, all this talk, and. Um, The beautiful thing is we had a song picked that fits right in to where we're going because it's reassurance that Jesus wants to give to us. I heard him say that he wants to remind each and every one of us. And let me just say it straight to you. You are not alone. You do not walk alone in fear and anxiety. It's not all up to you. Jesus really is with you. He really is your shepherd. Just read the words of Psalm 23 sometime today and let it soak in as a picture of who God is and how he wants to walk with us. Not because we've earned it, not because we're really good at not worrying, not because we're really good at trusting God and full of faith all the time. No, no, no. He is our shepherd. He wants to lead us, to guide us, to prepare the way before us and to shelter us. So guys, will you lead us in this song? My shepherd, he goes before me, defender behind me. Lord, thank you that you are always with us. You're before us. You're behind us. You never let us go. Jesus, thank you for being an ever-present source of comfort for us. And keep us in your arms. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, Hope family. Uh, thanks. It's been good to be with you online. Uh, thanks for being patient with all of our fun little glitches. I want to thank Gary Boydston again for working really hard on the sound and Troy as well. Uh, Noah for working with us on the video. Carrie for being willing to be here hiding in the back there behind the the slides and and just everybody. Um, We sure miss you guys. We really love this church family and being together again as soon as it is possible is one of the things we are really, really excited about. But in the meantime, uh, stay safe and be safe. And if you have any needs, again, that we can pray with you, just prayer at hopecov.com. We'd love to stand with you uh, in prayer. And and I hope that we see some of you online tonight, six o'clock from uh, the Glen living room for a little more uh, on being free from anxiety and what it looks like to practically in some real simple ways begin to hand that stuff over to Jesus. Uh, Love you guys and God bless you. Hope the rest of your day is wonderful.